everyone. Welcome to Story Beast. I think we should do an introduction. So uh, we'll save um, our our newest for last. But I'm Courtney Shack. I'm Habiba Weston. And I'm Nadine Flint. Welcome to the Story Beast that. world. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yes. So surprise, everyone. This was our big surprise. We were teasing. So we are so excited to have you on, Nadine, for the summer. And this has been a while. Like, this was before Christmas that you guys asked me, hey, would you be interested in joining I, us for a bit? Yeah. As I recall, we proposed, right? <laughs> you proposed with pie via video. <laughs> <laughs> We're very romantic. We like to stick with our tropes. So, yes, and yes, I'm here for it. Good. <laughs> yeah. So Nadine is one of our nearest and dearest. Uh, we talk story with her all the time. I think we mentioned you probably in most episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I'm listening, I, I talk back to you. So I feel like I'm in every episode anyway. And <laughs> even though you don't hear me, I feel I hear you. And that's what counts. <laughs> That is what counts. But you, we hear we hear you now, and we're so excited to have you on to talk story. There's so many times that we've been chatting about story, and you've like you've dropped some knowledge on me. I've been like, what? So I'm really excited to have you on for this summer. And um, just for listeners, um, Nadine will be on for our I guess we'll call them like GCN episodes, right? So GCN episodes for season two this summer, and then probably like a, a legendary or two, would you say? Yes. I'm okay. wiggling my eyebrows for no one that can see me, but I can I see can. you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd love to. And I'm excited for it. You know, um, as someone, I enjoy audiobooks, but I also enjoy podcasts. Um, it, it isn't a secret that I'm someone that has anxiety and about... A year and a half ago, it got really hard for me to read books with my eyes. And um, even if I wanted to, like I really wanted to read and I wanted to read other people's writing. I wanted to read my own writing. And it was just really difficult. And part of that was also wanting to read craft books. And you don't really get those in audio form very mm -hmm. often. Um, so podcasts have been a way for me to learn more about writing and my writing craft. And so it's just so special for me to be part of this project, even for a short time. So thank you for having me. Of course. And um, what's your favorite podcast? There is only one uh, right answer. Story Beast. <laughs> is that even a question? <laughs> good. That was, good. A, that was a test question. She was dipping her toe into... <laughs> Uh, I love it. So we were thinking about talking about how we met and how we interact with each other. Well, I'd like to hear your version and then I'll give my version. My version? <laughs> yeah. We met on Writing with a Soul. I don't know which season of Writing with a Soul it was. Second, June like, 2021. <laughs> there we go. Somebody pays attention. Um, yes. And then I remember us somehow falling into like a sprint group together. I know. I don't, I don't remember exactly the way that I happened. I know right, exactly. Go, go for it, Courtney. <laughs> okay. So uh, 
Gabby had posted in a sprint channel and was like sprint question mark. And I was sprinting with Gabby. And for anyone listening, uh, we were not literally running. We were just um, writing (laughs) concentrated, concentrated periods of time. And also I was doing the same thing with Nadine. And then uh, Nadine made a group chat for us and was like, let's just be in this chat, all three of us together, since we were all doing it. And the rest is history. (laughs) So I remember with Writing with the Soul, there is also another channel for sharing your writing. And I remember I have a very like atmospheric visual of both of your writing chapters. I remember, and I, I won't say it because I think those books will be in the world one day, but I still vividly remember both of those chapters. And I was like, I need to be friends with these people (laughs) because (laughs) their writing is just like on a different level and really resonated with me. And then we, I remember being on um, like a a sprint with a couple other, like a video call. I think they did like a, a full day Saturday sprint and they were talking about how they were in a writing group. And I said, well, I, I want to be in a writing group. And then Gabby said, well, I want to be in a writing group. And then I said, well, I'll join one if you make one. And so Gabby made a writing group and then I didn't, I, I could just go and be there and enjoy it. And she took care of all the logistical things because that is one of her strengths. It is not one of mine. And with Courtney, I think I posted something silly on Instagram and we got into a conversation about um, being confident in our writing. And I think I was in a spot where I wasn't very confident and she just said, well, just, just send me a a chapter and I'll tell you everything I love about it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to send it to her. And I did. And that, that scene is quite pivotal in the book that I'm querying now, but that first version is nothing compared to what it is now. But I remember the confidence boost I got from that, just from Courtney reading it and uh, believing in me and believing in the potential of what was there. And I think it's safe to say that when we when we met each other, we have grown so much since that point and our our confidence as well as our abilities as well as just our dream and knowing that this is it's not just a make believe thing that could be a possibility one day, it's going to happen and we're taking steps to get there and we will get there. And I'm just so happy that you're both here for it. <laughs> that was so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing the heart. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I can make Gabby cry one day. Oh my my gosh. It's not easy now. It's almost as good. Courtney's Courtney's counting now. (laughs) Yeah, no. um, And also like another thing that's really fun to get her to do is to get her to tell you that she loves you on the podcast. She's rolling her eyes right now, but it is super (laughs) fun because she's always like, (laughs) I love you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, uh, I do. I do remember reading that chapter and loving it and loving you and just, you know, the years that we've gotten to know each other. It's just, it's incredible the way that writing has brought us all together and you know you're talking about Gabby and you know Gabby does this uh she reminds me of this um you know that like audio clip where it's kind of like fine I'll do it myself (laughs) do do you know what I'm talking about anyway (laughs) okay at least someone does that's totally Gabby (laughs) 
<laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, and I don't know if I should look this up now. You would like it. Find it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it later. And when we post this, we need to post it with that. I, I think See, no. I I, re- I I revoke that statement. Nah, I think I think you need to make like a little reel with with that audio, and you'll be like, fine. So yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll take one for the team. I'll do it. Good. I'm trusting you now because I have no idea what this is. So as well as our writing group that we go to weekly that Gabby set up, uh, we also share our zero drafts with each other Mm. as we're writing them. And one of my favorite, so when we first met, we all had manuscripts that we were working on. So we didn't go there at the beginning. We weren't there from like the conception of the idea. It was we were in various stages of our drafts and we got to see it evolve. But since then, we've all written new books or started new books. And my favorite is getting a message saying, hey, I have this idea. It's just a bunch <laughs> of like witty banter and I'm not sure where it's going to go. And then saying, go write it. And then just like following along for the ride and seeing how this like little tiny story seed just grows and grows and grows. And you're just like following along or I'm just following along saying, I love it. I love it. This is good. Why am I even here? You don't need my comments, but I'll read it anyway, because I love it so much. And then just seeing, seeing you get to the finish line and knowing and seeing you acknowledge that you have that power and that you can write a story from start to end and just being the observer. Cause like we, we have finished books and we, that, that is finishing your first ever book is like a huge accomplishment because you can just prove to yourself that you can. But there's such value in the experience of watching someone go through that as well, mm-hmm. um, whether it's their first or second or third book. And just knowing that you are part of this like secret book that no one else is privy to yet. Right. Yeah. And I don't think you quite realize how special that is until you are participating in that with the community Mm. because it can be so isolating because you're writing on your own um it's not like in a desk job or like I work as a teacher like I have built-in colleagues with my school but with writing you have to choose your colleagues and choose who you're going to reach out to and which groups you're going to go to who you're going to pour your time into and vice versa and That's just something that I didn't expect when I first started writing. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, two things that pop up for me there. One is um, one thing you said about being an observer. I think there's, there is an element to being an observer, but one of the things that I value so much about sharing my work with you is the way that you engage with what I share. So as I'm creating something, remember the first thing that I started sharing with you from the start of a story to the to the end, your commentary and the way that you understood what I was putting on the page was such a huge motivator for me to actually get to the end really quickly. Um, and I I just want to wanted to point that out and say that out loud because actually it was probably the the primary driving force of me getting it done. Yes, I wanted to tell the story. Yes, I knew the story needed to be told, but it was like this this kind of flame pushing me forward to get to the finish line, but like in a good way and kind of just fueled that um I don't even want to say validation because I don't think that's the right word. It's just the the, under, the knowing that there's somebody else who's taking in the story and really understanding it in the way that I intended was very valuable to me to be able to get to that point, choosing your colleagues. And mm-hmm. I love that because that that is 
so powerful that we get to do that, that you get to engage with people who love the same thing that you love and not necessarily because in a work environment, everybody has a specific job that they do and you kind of have to all come together and, and work to make a bigger structure and when you're writing, everybody individually is working on their own thing, but in parallel. And then you all have something different that you, a different perspective that you bring to the table for the same kind of whole. And when you choose people who understand the way that you engage with story, then that in itself is very empowering because you get to work on that same whole, but look at it from different angles. And I think when we spoke to Hannah Witten, she was talking about prisms and that's kind of popping into my head now how Passing the same story through a different lens can kind of split it in different ways and help you to see different threads, different perspectives on, on arcs, on plots, on so much else that then when you move on to the next thing, you're, you're thinking and shifting constantly. And it's such a such a big dynamic that I don't know if we if we reflect on that often enough on how powerful that is. And I think there's something in saying I start hearing <laughs> I start hearing your voices in my head. Like while I'm drafting, like I'll be typing something and then in brackets, I'll put like, Courtney, I don't know what it looks like. And then I'll just know that she's going to ask <laughs> me this question here. And you're so right in that we're different prisms and we see different um, colors, of the rainbow. And it's so true. And I need that as well, because sometimes I can't hear my own voice. So I do appreciate all the different ways and um, especially when, when you've worked on something and you get it to a point and you're knowing you're not finished and you're like, I feel like this is missing. Can you help me? And then people do come with their perspectives and find things that maybe it's the grounding or maybe it's, I, like, I know my strengths are with grounding and atmosphere, but sometimes, especially when I was writing in third person, now in first person, it's a little bit different knowing when I needed that inner dialogue to, or those emotional, um, physical attributes of emotions to convey what I mean. Cause I know what the character's feeling, but sometimes it's difficult to know what the reader knows. Cause you almost know too much. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And I think to that point about letting people into the story when you're in such a vulnerable place with it, because, you know, we talked about like, I, I just said, my zero draft to you guys. So, you know, for me, that is, it's malleable, right? So it really is in like a soft place. And I trust you to not try to put your voice into it, but to bring mine out and to help me figure out what the story is, you know, for for me, but with your perspective, you know, and so there's something about, you know, finding people who you trust to hand a soft thing to and know that they're not going to squish it. Yeah, there's there's so much to be said for that as well, because you put that out with a certain level of vulnerability. You need to be able to trust that the people who then hold it are going to see exactly what you intend with it, are going to know your strengths well enough to be able to point them out and like cheer you on for those. And then to be able to say, these are the places where you maybe need to think about this, this or this, and to say it in a way as well, that is supporting, supportive and encouraging, but also that kind of drives towards the purpose of where you intend the story to go. I remember when I first started writing, I think I was listening to a different podcast. I don't remember the exact episode, but one of the writers suggested sharing your writing far and wide with as many people as you can and getting lots of feedback. And I really was like black and white, like, okay, this is what I've got to do. I've just got to share this with so many people, get lots of feedback. 
And all that did was confuse me and it wasn't very helpful. And not everyone will understand what you're trying to do, especially when you're fresh and just starting with the story. I remember like when we first started sharing, it wasn't full books at a time. It was first we started sprinting saying, hey, I'm going, hey, I'm going check in in 30 minutes and how did it go? And then it was a scene or two or 1500 words in writing group. And only after that, when you're understanding how each of each person asks for feedback and how each person views story or provides feedback, then you start to know who you can trust with something soft and malleable. And so if, if there's anyone out there who's just started writing, um, Protect your heart, protect your story until you are more confident. But also I can trust you with that to know what I'm what I'm trying to say. And like Courtney said, how I need to say it instead of how you would tell the story that I'm trying to tell. And I think that that is something beautiful that you can look at a writer, you know their strengths, you know their purpose and just helping them become a better writer. It's kind of like a very humbling experience, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think there's, and, and I learned this in every stage of, of every time that I start a new story, just so many like nuances to the little takeaways of how to share work and, and how to be vulnerable. And I think there's just so many different layers of vulnerability and it's hard, especially when you think you've done a thing. And so the next time it'll be easy, but no, because every story demands something different from you. And I love how fluid that is with story. Um, I was like a self-proclaimed discovery writer and I wrote a whole book that way. And then this book, I've been having to ask my plotting friends for some feedback and brainstorming just so that I can weave threads together. And it's almost like we can take on this identity as a writer. Like I'm a discovery writer. Plots are for, I don't know, People that are think this way, I am never going to plot. Um, however, I thought I was a plotter when I first started writing and then did discovery writing and then found my voice more. So it's funny, but I think there comes a time where you just have to come back to yourself. Like you're saying, come back to your voice and realize that different stories require different things from you mm -hmm. and you will learn different things I think I'm saying different a lot in this podcast today. No, no. I mean, yeah, different I, is different is different is different. <laughs> Need a thesaurus, I think. <laughs> I also want to mention there as well. I think sometimes we forget that we're not static beings. I, and I, I've said this here before. We change and grow with every story that we tell. And like one of the things that I've mentioned as well before is that the very first story that I wrote, I took such a long time to get to the end. And I was really discovering how to be a writer in that process that by the time I reached the end, I was very much a in a different place than when I started. And that was difficult for me because the pace of learning was very like that, that slope for the initial learning was such a steep one to climb that by the time I reached the end, it was really a very vast difference. And so the revision of that was incredibly difficult. And then with each iteration of each new story and each process, and as you know, I, I'm changing in other areas of my life as well. And that influences the way that I see the world. It influences the way that I process stories that come to me. And so that changes my process as well. Just kind of being aware of that and being able to to take that on and see it for the value that it, that is in there, having the grace to then say, okay, you know what, maybe this is going to change now, but also to remember that even if it changes, to keep that confidence in 
yourself because the thing that you're always growing throughout that entire process, whether you're changing as a person or changing as a storyteller or not, is that you're growing your craft. And that is something that you can't lose. So even if you're changing the way that you process story, there's no going backwards. And so that to me feels like, like a comfort because it means that no matter what change happens, I'm always going to be moving forward as a writer. And those differences that come are like changes in season or change. No, season is the wrong word because that's like sort of a repeat. But I don't know if I have a good comparison for it, really. But just like it, like something good that ages. What is what? I don't drink wine. Life. What is like a? <laughs> no, I don't, but know, I don't know about well, life. <laughs> but it is like I feel like life is like you know, I'm always like negotiating my relationship with like where I am in the world and like what's happening around me. And I feel like so much of my relationship with story is the same, like good days, bad days, you know, figuring out this is going to work this day and it doesn't work the next day. And then this story is working for me. And then this one, I need to put this down for a little bit, you know, and I think that you know, it's a relationship, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like another being. It's alive. It's the story beast. It's a story beast. Gosh, who came up with that? (laughs) Who who was that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sort of like when I first started writing, I wanted to find the formula. I feel like the formula is constantly changing. It's like an algorithm, you know, but the only constant is me, whether I'm evolving or not, or growing or in a in a space of stagnancy. Um, it's, it's me. And I just have to keep coming back to why do I write? Why am I writing this story? And remembering the why behind it always brings me back to that initial excitement and that conviction, if you will, of why I tell story in the first place. I mean, we, we all did other things before writing and it takes a certain type of like courage and bravery to decide, you know what, this is something I want to pursue anyway. Even with all the the accolades of my life thus far, this is something that's important to me. This is something that's scary and I have to be a novice again. But the story is what makes it all worth it and what I need to go towards and what's driving me forward. Mm. You said something now about equilibrium and is making me think about how there's um, there are certain processes like in nature, where if you look at them from the outside, it looks like nothing is changing. And it's because there's millions of changes happening on a very tiny level that's keeping everything on the outside in equilibrium. And I think that's just really beautiful when you think about the way that we create story. So not what we put out into the world in a published book, because that always looks like a very straight path. You start at the beginning, the reader gets to the end, they're like, cool, okay, next book. And something that took you years to create is read hopefully in a couple of days because people can appreciate the value of what you've put out because now they see this end product, this thing that happens on the surface. And if you really dig down and you look at all of those things that had to happen for everything to come together and fit just right, it is the way that we are in this process is all of those tiny little billions of changes that are happening and keeping us in a state where we can create that product at the end. And we get to see all of those things. And for the good and the bad, we get to feel all of those changes that are not necessarily visible to everybody else unless they're looking to see it and unless we're kind of sharing our process and how we go through it. And for me, that's been such a valuable thing to be able to share that because 
now I can see with other and to share it with other writers, with other storytellers and see how their process is either similar to mine or different to mine, but always to feel a sense of connection. And for me, it feels like a little bit of a, like a little bit of a safety net almost to just lean back and be like, oh, these are my people and they all get it. And, you know, there's all the, the ups and downs and the, and the mess of it all. And everybody's moving through it maybe differently and in their own way but can appreciate that I, I can appreciate and they can appreciate that we all experience a similar thing. I love that. I also loved the phrase, the mess of it all. Why, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so Nadine, as a summer beast, a majestic, fantastic, beautiful creature, what are you most excited about for being here? Oh, I just love talking to you guys. Oh. So I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> oh. See, I think Nadine um, is going to hand us out some compliments and make me really happy that we brought her on. <laughs> yeah, I think that was much needed because uh, when Courtney asked me stuff, I'm just like, can we just like be outlining and the logical thing? And then we like make sure that <laughs> we're going to just like goo on Gabby. I think it's going to be super fun. <laughs> I, I'm I'm feeling awkward. Oh, oh that's this. that's okay. I like it. Um, <laughs> so Nadine, Nadine, so you're just happy to talk to us. Yes, and also, you know, we talked about being a part of someone else's story and watching mm -hmm. it from a seed, and and then going to the end with them. This feels like a special process for me to come in and see this project that you've created from an idea from 5 a.m. writing together when I was sleeping because you guys are three hours ahead of me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's one thing I forgot to mention. When we first started writing together, Gabby was in Germany and you were... I was in New Mexico. And yeah. so we were all very much very different time zones, but we mm -hmm. still managed to like text each other and say, mm -hmm. let's go write. But back to story beast it's just it really is an honor Aww. to be a part of this project of yours and I've listened to every episode and I just I love listening to it I'm always leaving inspired and ready to write no matter who's talking if it's you two or if it's with a legendary and just being able to talk about story and talk about these things with people I care about very much and it's just so life-giving Right. And it just it really does fill you up. Well, it fills me up. And I'm really excited to see where we go, what we talk about and how that will further shape my writing going forward. See, these are the right answers. <laughs> I like the I like word it. life giving. Mm -hmm. That was nice. Yeah, that was really good. It captured the whole yeah. vibe. I'm a fan. <laughs> you know, I think I, I, you know, just to say, like, I like uh, both of you guys, like, like your writing. And you too, as people. But yeah. <laughs> as an octopus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very excited. Well, I did I did um confess that I liked your writing first. So sorry. <laughs> However I like that. I like that though. Because no, sorry, go ahead. However. No, I I was just gonna say, well, I love you anyway, but you probably had a <laughs> I feel like we're all flirting. <laughs> Well, okay, this is what I was going to say earlier. I was going to say the sharing is like dating because Nadine was like, we shared, first we like sprinted and then we shared a scene and then we like shared a chapter and then we did the, like the whole document. And I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty much like the whole progression. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. I'd love to know what your intentions or wishes are for 
this next season of Story Beast. Mm. Do you want to go first, Gabby, or shall I? Intentions and wishes. Um, so my intention has and will always be to keep connecting with the people who resonate with the way we identify with story and to continue to learn from people who view stories through different lenses to the way that we do uh, or the way that I do. Because I feel like the more that I do that, the more value I pull in and also the more value I'm, the more I'm able to share with people. We talked in, in the last episode of season one about how beautiful it's been just to have that feedback from people who listen and really talk to us about how what we say resonates with them. That is just like, I don't, I don't even have the words to explain how cool that is mm -hmm. that like, we're just out here chatting, doing our thing and loving story to the point where we can't help but talk about it. And there are people out there who get that and who love that. And that feels amazing. Um, wishes. There are so many things that I wish for. <laughs> and I've been reframing the way that I think about my wishes. Courtney and I talked about this in the last episode as well. Like we've been doing this manifesting thing where instead of wishing for the thing and being like, I am going to have this thing. We just think about it in terms of, I already have, I already am this. I already have this. And I feel like Story Beast is one of those kind of safe spaces that has seeped from my mind and like become something tangible. And it feels like a growing manifestation of my wishes for my story, for the way that I connect with story and with people who connect in the same way. And I just feel like if this continues to grow in the way that it has, in a way that feels meaningful, that feels um, exciting as it has been. And the, like every single time that we meet and we talk, it just feels like, I feel like there's just like sparks going inside my blood because it's so fun to talk about the stuff that we do and then to like bounce off other people. And then like we end the, the call and we're still chatting. And like every single time we interview a legendary, we call each other afterwards and we talk for like another hour <laughs> until our phones are dying or one of us has to pee or something. And then we're like, okay, we really have to go now. And it's just because the the whole energy of what we do here just keeps giving back. And so I guess my wish there is that that stays present and that it continues to kind of feed into that same process and loop. I love that. And I love that visual of like sparking blood. <laughs> that, was, that was very, um, I love it. I feel like it needs to be in a book. Add that magic to yeah, carbonated blood or something. I don't know. <laughs> blood sparks. Yes. I feel like yeah. I stayed on brand. <laughs> you did. And I love that. I know. And that's kind of a hard act to follow, by the way, Gabby. You should let me go first. Um <laughs> I want okay, to I'm say gonna, before you say anything, I'm just gonna say this. Um, when I was in high school, my history teacher said to me, whenever anybody asks who wants to go first, put your hand up and be that person. Because before you say a single word. Everybody else's view of you is already going to be elevated because you were brave enough to be the per that person, even if it's subconscious. So there's a secret. I wasn't anything special. I just went first. That's on brand too. Are, being brave. are you saying, uh, yeah, or no, are you saying be brave? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm saying I, be beastly actually, but you yes, know. Yes. Um, yeah. I actually, um, the advice I got um, when I was young from my dad, this is kind of interesting. I, this is a little bit of a detour, but I feel like it actually relates to a lot of the way that um, I end up doing things. I think about this all the time, but um, 
when I was little, I really wanted to, like, there was like this position in like the classroom. Like I was in elementary school and I really, really wanted it. And I didn't tell anyone about it. Right. Like I wanted it so bad and I didn't tell anyone about it. And then obviously I didn't get it because no one knew that I wanted it. And then I went to the bathroom and I cried. And then when I got home, I was telling my parents about it. And my dad asked me like, well, like, who did you vote for? And I even voted for someone else. Like I didn't even. And and so anyway, the advice he gave me and I think about I think about this all the time is always vote for yourself. And whenever I go to do a thing, you know, so if, if you think about life like this, whenever you sit down to write, whenever you sit down to put in the work to do the thing, you are casting a vote in your own favor for your own future, whatever you want that to be. So um, anyway, that's the thing that that sparked in me. So always vote for yourself. And so when I think about this podcast, you know, we talked about before, you know, making some space for yourself at the table, right? That is a vote for yourself, a vote for who you want to be, where you want to be, how you want to show up and who you want to be with. Yeah. And, and I think like just in general, what I want out of this podcast, and it's always been this thing, I'm totally in it for like the feelings because I get so many wonderful feelings on this podcast. Like I cry, I laugh, I get to talk about food. Like, I I mean, everything, like this is all all the things that I like, I get to do here. So, I mean, it's really, there's nothing I would change about it. Um, it's just to keep on doing what we've been doing and meeting cool people and getting to talk about all the amazing stuff that we love and get to learn new things, all of that. So yeah, that's me. That was powerful, Courtney. I know you didn't want to go after Gabby, but <laughs> vote for yourself. I'm going to say Thank that you. tomorrow before I write. Like I'm voting for me right now. Mm-hmm. Good. You you should vote for you. You're fantastic. And I do think that when you make that time, you know, even if it's 15 minutes, you know, or 10 minutes or whatever, if you put a block of time in your schedule and, you know, you have no time. Right. But it's like a little bit of like five minutes, whatever. That is a vote. And it is you putting in the work, you know, so sometimes I get up in the morning and I feel like I can't write. I will read what I wrote. And then I go to work and I have to go do my day job. But you know what? In my free time, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do later. And I'm just going to add to that and say that that is a really good way to train your brain. Because when you show up for yourself every day and you tell yourself this is important to me, you're also telling that to your mind. So if even if you know you don't have the time, you're making that time. You're finding five minutes between things and you're giving it that level of attention. And so your brain realizes that that's important and it starts to give more of its capacity to that because it's not just a thing that you can't constantly shrug off. And that is same, the same for every everything that you do. If you, um, if you go ride a bike and then you don't ride a bike for 10 years, your brain uses that space for something else because it's like, okay, well, you don't need it. And then you come back and you start riding a bike, then you kind of shit at it for a little while. And then it goes, oh, okay, we need those neurons again to do that thing that we learned 10 years ago we have to remember it so now okay fine fine it's that lag of like okay do we have to use the energy for this do we really have to and it's just really like it's really just biology of does your brain have the amount of energy does your body have the amount of energy to put into this and you have to teach it you have to tell it that actually this is really important to me so can you please just direct some energy at it and when you do that every single day it gets easier because you've taught yourself that actually this is important and it is powerful 
to be able to do that. like it, it's not just like okay i'm going to shop for myself and do like it, it's really changing physical structures inside of you and i just wanted to point that out because i feel like sometimes to be able to see and have that that kind of confirmation of a of a real like physical thing happening for me at least it's just like it's amazing that something that you just are thinking about and telling yourself is transforming physically in front of you. And that's just a, a little metaphor for exactly how that's going to pan out and spread throughout your life. I love it when scientist Gabby enters the chat <laughs> and she gets very excited. I know you were and, laughing uh, at me and I was like, I, I am probably getting carried away. <laughs> no, no, I like I think it. It's great. And I love, so I love scientist Gabby and because it, it really does feel like magic, but it's also so interesting when you point out the physical, like, you can actually change your brain by doing these things. That is magic. It is like, but you, it is magic. And people would go in the past and be like this magical thing. And then like science showed that it was a thing. And like, that is still magic. Like it, it's magic because that was the name that people gave it, right? It was this thing that you just couldn't explain. And now you get to see how it works. And that's even more magical. So you are magic. You are magic. Vote for yourself and you are magic. (laughs) I was just going to say one more thing. And that was about clearing a space at the table. Um, You guys haven't just cleared a space. You've built a new table. And it's just, and it's filled with snacks. And <laughs> I was going to say, I can't wait. <laughs> and I'm so happy that I'm, I'm here for the dinner party. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that, Nadine. What a fantastic place to ask you about your snack. I know. I love that, <laughs> Nadine. Uh, well, um, my favorite treat is chocolate covered almonds. And I, I do have a couple every day. A couple is um, an arbitrary number. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't think you were eating two. <laughs> yeah. What's a handful? And uh, depends on whose who's hands are bigger, right? Anyway. <laughs> and they have some fiber and some protein. They're, They're healthy. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, so. we don't really worry about that kind of thing here. I think, no. you know, I don't if they make you happy... That is the point. Yes. Gabby, what have you been eating this week? I, <laughs> I've not been having an eating snack, but I, it took me forever to find the filters for my coffee because it's like, like I use this drip thing and um, I, I use the, I don't know if you know, the V60 cup and I couldn't find the filters. And so like the paper would just kept, keep breaking and I would have to filter my coffee like three times and it was horrible. And then I finally like found the place to order the, paper and um so I've just been really enjoying drinking actual coffee that tastes like coffee and then I put like a little bit of maple syrup in it and I found this maple syrup with a really good flavor so I've really been enjoying that the last couple days and trying very hard to make sure that I don't drink it after a certain time because I really have trouble sleeping but it's just been so nice not to have to deal with like every time the bottom of the paper would break because it was this awkward shape and I didn't have that specific cup that I would have to switch between cups and like do this weird pouring thing um which was unpleasant but anyway that's my snack what you got Courtney I feel blasphemous kind of saying this like it's like a low snack time for me and also I just want to say that like that is a big cue for me to like check in about my Mm. mental health um (laughs) But um, but I will say that uh, I have a fantastic partner and I've talked about him several times on the podcast. He um, 
made me my smoothie again that he told me don't expect it I'm not going to keep doing it but he keeps on doing it every day so um you know I feel like that's like the main thing that I had today it's just been one of those times but uh but anyway yeah just um loving that I have someone who helps me out when um when I need it. So I think I'll just take this opportunity to say that, hey, everyone, I hope you're getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, eating regularly and taking your meds if you need them. (laughs) We all need those reminders. Yeah, I know. I need them sometimes too, which is why I say them. So yeah, that way you can do the story thing that you want to do. I'm saying you, but I really mean me. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the first time, I think it was like the first podcast I listened to from you guys and you asked, oh, what's your favorite snack? And I just said, one that I don't have to make. Oh, I feed, <laughs> I feed um, people, my family mm-hmm. cook every day. And sometimes it's just so nice when someone else cooks for you. Yeah, it could be anything. And it just tastes so much better that way sometimes. <laughs> I don't know about the anything part, but I, I do agree that it's nice. <laughs> you don't have to make it yourself. <laughs> Gabby is selective in her um, food for other people. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm trying to say it in a very nice way because one time I apparently said to Courtney, I didn't want her tea. I do not remember this, but she was very offended. Oh my offended. gosh. No, she a tea snob, man. And it came up in our interview with Rachel Griffin. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize to you publicly on our podcast here. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I was not even upset though. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, that episode will be coming um, this season. So I know I'm really excited about the season. We've got a lot of really cool legendaries lined up, as well as uh, our uh, our summer beast here um, all summer. So I think uh, this is gonna be a great time. I'm so excited. I Me am too. too. Yeah. All right, everyone. Oh, so. Here's a curveball, right? Oh, yes. We, we get to say be brave, brave, stay beastly. And again, you have about five seconds to think about a fun thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll say it slow. All right, Gabby, since you know to go first. I want to be beastly. Okay, fine. All right. Be brave. Stay beastly. And vote for yourself. 